Welcome back to The Pipe, the practical youth pastor. This is Chris Holland. I'm your host, along with Steve Johnson, the co-host. And we have back with us in the studio via a phone call, Wes Andrews, who's in Athens, Georgia, as a youth pastor, 20 years of experience. And today we're going to continue this series where we talk about what makes a healthy youth ministry. And yes, uh, the last time that we talked, we talked about numbers. Do numbers matter? This time we're going to talk about outreach. Is the amount of outreach or outreach orientation that you have in your youth ministry, is that what makes a healthy youth ministry? Uh, what do you think, Wes? What are, what are your thoughts about outreach within youth ministry? Uh, it's good. People should do it. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that, that has got to be the, the most common pastoral joke of all time. Stop. <laughs> Somebody comes up with brevity. You know what I mean? It's like, well, right, let's yes. pray. <laughs> let's do it. God's good. Let's pray. <laughs> it's very southern. Uh, but yeah, what? tell me about outreach within a youth ministry and being able to tell if a youth ministry is healthy based on its outreach. Yeah, I mean, if, if a youth ministry, uh, and I think what I want to clarify when I think of youth ministry, I'm thinking of within the context of a specific church, right, like a local body. Um, and so if the church... I mean, if the youth group is healthy, meaning it is supporting the worship and the work of the church, uh, outreach ought to be a focus of it. I mean, biblically speaking, it's part of the Great Commission, Matthew 28, go and make disciples. Paired with that is Ephesians 4, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. And so if our kids are believers, we ought to be equipping them. And so I think you put those two together. And you have a ministry that that um, you know equips reach reach and equip right. I mean that's the the two you put those together. I think ministries will tend towards one or the other. Hmm. I think some ministries tend to be more equip oriented, and others seem to be more reach oriented. And I think if we're going to be balanced, as the Bible is balanced, we have to have both in there. And so if you're not doing outreach or you're not seeing um, kids profess faith or growing uh, or coming who have not been attached to the church in other ways, um, and I think we can mix up outreach um, with sheep swapping. (laughs) Um, meaning like, man, all these, all these new kids are coming. Well, if they were just down from the church down the street, that's not, that's not outreach. That's not healthy. Yeah. Um, so true outreach. Um, and I think this is where, I mean, again, I think churches for youth ministries will, will tend one or towards, towards the other. Um, but I think it's got to be built into our thinking. It's got to be a built in part of it. So I think that's a good way to ask. What's wrong? You still there? Yeah. <laughs> Did I lose you? Thought I lost you there for a second. There, big we man. Thought, we were getting emotional because I was like, he was really on a good thing, and then it was just gone. Oh, thank goodness! All right. Well, hey, hey Wes, let me ask you this: Is youth group? Uh, in, in terms of like the big group meeting that you may have or youth pastors have, 
Is that the place for doing outreach, or do you feel like outreach is more of an outside of youth group type activity, like your traditional outreach things? Like we go out into the park and we do this, or we go into the town. Like, what do you? Where do you feel like actual youth group outreach should or does occur? Well, I think that I think it's naturally going to be both. Um. Again, our previous podcast was about numbers. But I think once a youth group reaches a certain critical mass and it feels like, you know, when there's enough kids in the room where a student feels like comfortable inviting a friend, you know what I mean? So when when a kid walks into the room, if it's it's like six kids in a room, it's a very awkward space to bring an outsider in. That's true. Right. And so it feels difficult so if you've got a youth group that's 10 or less it's really hard to do outreach in that sense of just kind of like hey invite your friends because that students just have a hard time doing that because it feels like you know the old saloon images where a guy walks in and music stops and everybody turns around and it's just this <laughs> awkward moment of like exactly who, who are who are you no it's um, but when a, when a youth group hits a certain size they can kind of hide yeah. And then those those become avenues for outreach where it's it's comfortable to bring your friends. So I think you just got to understand where your youth youth ministry is, and if it's if it's you know a smaller group, then you you may want to focus your outreach efforts on going out. Like let's go somewhere, and let's go meet students where they are. But if you've got a larger group, and that, I mean like massive, you know I think twenty twenty five kids is is big enough to kind of for people to, you know, so I do think it's, it can be both. Um, but I do think uh, going out and meeting students, uh, I think if I were, you know, had had the fortunate, you know, opportunity to kind of start several youth ministries from scratch and there wasn't a whole lot of people to bring, even bring their friends to church. So most of our efforts were, you know, out outside of the church walls efforts. Yeah. And I was going to ask you a question on that. You know, have you had experience going on to school campuses? Like, for instance, I know um, some schools in our town uh, are a little bit more open to some of the parachurch organizations like Young Life and whatnot. But as far as an individual, you know, pastor, um, have you any experience going out and just meeting students kind of on their terms? Um, yes, but I'm probably not the most effective at it. Mm. Um, has that changed much since the pandemic or sorry, go ahead with your, Oh, absolutely. That has kind of squashed that. I I feel like that has completely squashed the whole idea of going on campus right right now. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so if it's a private Christian school, I had often had, you know, obviously have way more access there. Uh, than the public schools, mm-hmm. but I, I found like sporting events or or dramas or after school events are way more promising than the lunchroom. Yeah. Um, for me, I know guys. I got a good buddy who can walk into any any. I mean, he can walk in the middle of anything and strike up a conversation and have a group of students around him. And he's just gifted and equipped in that way. Me, it's. I'm better off on like the, you know, the 
smaller events or sporting events or plays that I can go and, you know, be there for a purpose to see a student, but yet see other students and kind of interact in those ways. So again, part of it's your personality and, and how you're wired and things even you're good at. And, and, but I, 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 yeah, I think that's a, that's a, used to be a pretty open avenue for uh, meet, meeting students where they're at, but in it, these COVID days, not so much. Well, still on that topic, I know that the episode is about outreach, but what about inreach? I know a lot of churches operate under the assumption that every kid in the church is part of the youth group, um, and that might be the case in your experience, but how how would you go about engaging kids who are you know rightfully in worship with their parents um, but yet aren't necessarily in the age stage community that your youth group offers. Do you engage them? And if so, what are some tips on that? Yeah, I, I think, I think large groups, small group one-on-ones. And I am, I've learned long time ago that a kid's involvement in youth ministry is not a good indicator of their spiritual health. Right. Um, meaning, Kids can be doing phenomenal. Like I, I, I made this mistake with a kid, and he attended the church, went to, you know, went to stuff, but never came to youth group. And I just kind of in my head said, "Man, his parents are blowing it," <laughs> you know. Um, and and that kid ended up becoming um, just a, an incredible godly leader. Um, like right, even in, in his college, you know, he ended up you know, just becoming a, a, it was incredible. And part of it was his relationship with his parents um, was really good. And his parents were discipling him. And so they didn't really need me in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I've learned to not count a kid's attendance to youth group as an indicator of their spiritual health. Um, so if there is a student who's a you know, member of my church, not plugged in part of that, my first my first line of movement is to kind of go towards the parents and to ask the questions. Um, Hey, you know, and I'll basically learn about the kid from via their parents Mm -hmm. and you'll learn a ton. You'll learn, you know, what, what makes them tick, what they're struggling with, why they come into youth group. And a lot of times you'll see like, Oh, he's, he's not walking with the Lord. And so that kind of gives me a, kind of arms me with the information to find out what they're like, uh, what they're good at. And so uh, case in point, there's a kid, um, dad's an elder, but he doesn't come to youth group or his son doesn't come to youth group. And, you know, so for him, me, that avenue is a one-on-one, mm. you know, I'm not expecting him to show up to small group. You know, he's got social anxiety. He's probably never going to come to, to large group, but I could, I could go fishing. He loves fishing. So I'm going to go figure out a way to get on, you know, get on the lake with him and, or find a couple other youth, youth that do that and start, start trying to rope him into just a couple other guys. Um, but starting with one-on-one with the parent uh, and then one-on-one with them and start working uh, that Avenue. Hey Wes, what do you feel like has like been the most, the healthiest, uh, most return on your investment as far as a, an outreach thing part of your program or outreach event or regular outreach thing um that you've done in youth ministry um as a mindset i would say pour into your leaders because you're you're pretty 
you have basically a you know a pretty low ceiling that you're going to hit if it's just yeah if it's just you what's a good way to pour into your leaders what have you found really effective um training regular uh so we we do 30 minutes before youth large group our volunteer team comes together and we walk through the material we're about to teach um and then kind of hit some highlights on things we want to focus on and students that come to mind um and then at what's fun is after so youth group ends and afterwards we don't do this every week but we try to circle up afterwards and kind of like what's what are some like awesome things that happened tonight mm. and so a lot of them what they're doing is they're just basically telling each other stories of their interactions with students and it kind of gets them they are basically training each other on what this looks like yeah. um and so my ceiling of however many students I could possibly talk to just gets ballooned out yeah. to a bunch. And so, um, so you just kind of, you're kind of slowly kind of equipping and now granted we'll, we'll do a large, you know, once or twice a year training where we specifically say, this is what it looks like to go pursue a student. Um, but then those weekly touch points of kind of, this is what we're going to do tonight. And, and them kind of telling the good news, you know, the good stories. Rather than equip each other, students week to week. Awesome. What's another, what's a, so the first thing you would say is investing in your leaders. What's another way to, yeah. to really invest wisely in outreach? Yeah, I, I would, surprisingly enough, I would say for me, retreats become, a big moment of outreach. What what makes um, it that? It, it's just a time alone, uh, time off by ourselves, unplugged, and intentional. I mean, because I think students are going to come. You know that 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 age-old question. You know, middle schoolers. When you meet a middle schooler, y'all heard this maybe for this question. Now the middle schoolers asking the question. Uh, do they like me? Right. And then you go over to high schoolers and they walk into a room and they go, do I like these people? <laughs> and I've always found retreats are an easy way to answer both those questions. Right. And so you can, you can basically, answer, you know, it's easier with middle schoolers. You can just go straight to them. And so you get middle schoolers to bring their friends to a big, you know, we're going to have this fun retreat. We're going to go off you know, they get sucked into the life of this group because we answer that question. We like you and we're thankful that you're here. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You get that time with a, with a, um, a high schooler and they get time enough to kind of make that decision. Like, okay, I, okay. I like you guys, you know, you, you're, you're not going to tarnish my reputation. So, um, you know, because that's, that's such a relational component and you just, it's hard to do that on a, on a one Wednesday night or a one Sunday night thing, but you get a, a two night weekend together, having fun. They get to see how much you love them. You got these, all these, you know, adults that are pursuing them and you got their friends and they're kind of loop, looped into this thing. Man, any outsider, especially right now in COVID, there's so many, so few outlets for kids to interact with socially right now that man, it, you know, these, 
and granted, it's hard to do a retreat now also, but I, I found that it's retreats are a big place uh, for us. I found that become huge outreach opportunities. Oh, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. I, I was going to ask you uh, before you mentioned that and we talk about reaching out and I was going to ask you about what is it that you're reaching out with? But I thought that that was really uh, well put the idea that, you know, we like you and we're grateful that you're here. I think that message really does kind of earn you the right to be heard when you are talking to kids about Christ and, and scripture. Uh, a lot of people rec- are recognizing, it seems of late that, you know, the whole, whatever you use to get them there, you have to use to keep them there. <laughs> and it sounds to me like that idea of we like you and we're glad you're here is, is both sustainable and really genuine. Yeah. 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 It's kind of yeah, one of those so. things too that, um, like <laughs> through the years, just gaining and going to these conferences and meeting other youth pastors, a lot of these youth pastors that they say they end up revealing that they actually don't like people. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's a hard sell for a middle schooler to convince yes. them if you really don't like people. <laughs> Well, and, that you actually care about them. <laughs> and usually those are the guys that fall into the performance-based ministry where they'll get up and give their yeah, talk. that's right. And then you cannot find them afterwards because <laughs> the leaders are kind of like, they're movers, like, you Drinking know. Drinking liquor in the back, yeah. in the green yes. room. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Wes, are you an extrovert or an introvert? That's pretty personal. I'm, you don't have to answer that, I, Wes. Yeah, <laughs> I am, I'm an introvert. Uh, normally, but uh, my job requires me to, so I've kind of, I'm an introvert with extrovert tendencies. I'm, I work this, I'm the exact same way. I mean, at the end of, so I've learned uh, at a retreat, I mean, I'm all in, it's one of my favorite things to do, but at the end of the night, I love to just stay up by myself for like an hour or two, just to kind of recharge a little bit and then hit the ground running again in the morning. And if I don't like it, it just, I, I'm like, I'm like running out of steam by, you know, by the next night. But if I can just get a little bit of time, stay up a little longer or get up a little earlier before everybody and just get a little alone time, I'm recharged and ready to roll. You know, well, this is, this isn't quite on topic, but it's unique to you as our guest today. You'd already revealed that, you know, you're, you're in youth ministry and you're 43 years old. Chris and I aren't, aren't young spring chickens either. We're both 37. <laughs> um, you mentioned 36 and a half over here. Yeah, there's Sarah. I'm 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 37, rounding to 38. Wait, I am 37. He doesn't know how old he is. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. After so 30. so other than the obvious, you know, you recharge your batteries as an introvert off and away. What are some ways that you've found um, are good little tips, uh, both for introverts and extroverts, to recharge their batteries during some of those week long camp adventures in which you're reaching out? See, I tied it back in. Yes. So. Let me hear the question again. What are the ways you recharge? Yeah, especially for those of us that are that are older. We're not these twenty-two-year-old single guys that yes. drink Mountain Dew through their noses and <laughs> oh, whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I've learned to keep a steady supply of goodies headache powder. Okay. Um, now, where because, can this be and, found? Is this online only? Oh yeah. It, no, no. You can get it like your. You can get it the. At the local Piggly Wiggly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Goodies headache powder. It's okay. fast acting. Um, not sponsored by them, but it has definitely been uh, huge for for long, especially like long trips. 
Uh, but for me, I, I intentionally don't room with anybody else on a trip. Mm. Uh, because if I'm doing the teaching or uh, if I'm the primary point person on it, I need that space uh, a, to reconnect with my kids and my wife. Uh, I used to be really bad at this early on in my ministry. I've gotten much better at it. Um, but I've found that if I'm connected with my wife, uh, even if it's just a phone call each night or able to just go home and, you know, to my room and text mm-hmm. with her and touch base and see how the family's doing. Um, I get that little bit of, you know, I can look over my notes, you know, I can spend some time in prayer reading or just honestly, you know, shutting my eyes for 10 minutes in between. Um, it just gives me the energy to keep going. So I, I never, I kind of try to room by myself, take some headache powder. <laughs> it's vodka. Yeah. I, I yeah. just like how quickly you had that ready. Like almost like you were like, I was waiting for you guys to ask me how I do this. <laughs> you on our retreat right now? <laughs> man. Um, oh, well, man. Well, hey, Wes, thanks for uh, coming back again. This is the end of our, uh, this episode. Uh, next time we're going to come back again with Wes and we're going to talk a little bit more, but we're going to talk about is parent involvement in senior pastor relationship. So basically we're going to lump two topics together and talk about are the relationships on staff and with the parents, mm-hmm. are those things that dictate a good, healthy youth ministry. So thanks so much for tuning in on this episode and we'll see you back here soon. All right. All right.